we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. My name is Simone, I'm the founder of Northern Power Women, and you are most welcome in this week, our special episode with our power partners uh, from the Page Group. Um, I'm delighted to introduce you to this week's special guest, Gareth Davis. Gareth has been with the Page Group for 18 years and is the regional director for Michael Page Professional Services and Not for Profit, with a team of 55 working for him indirectly in offices from across the North and the Midlands. Gareth started his working world or his his academic world by studying geography at University of Oxford. Uh, Yet his personal views on success and strong work ethic guide his passion for working with young people, something that we absolutely align with here uh, from across Northern Powerman and the Power Collective. Gareth's also the direct uh, director sponsor for Families at Page Group and he's a dedicated father to a seven-year-old daughter. I bet she keeps you active. Um, And we're delighted to welcome Gareth and his allyship um, towards gender equality is our guest for this special episode with Page Group. Gareth, welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What's your daughter called? Uh, Ellen. Ellen. And does she keep you on your toes? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, spirited, I think, is, is the word, uh, the kind word that people use. I yeah. love that. Definitely spirited indeed. Um, you, I know you're really passionate about working with young people um, and I know... Um, many, you know, many people out there can think, oh, you know, younger generations, they like the experience or they like the motivation or they like this or it's not the same as in my day. What what do you say to those people? Well, I think people have got to remember that they were also young once and there was a time when they had no experience uh, either. And look, whilst I understand that what Gen Z wants um, and expects from an employer has changed over time, um, I think we've got to meet those challenges head on. Look, at the end of the day, young people are going to be Uh, our employees and indeed our customers of the future. So I think any individual or organization that doesn't want to engage with that group of people and and are dismissive of them, I think are also risking dismissing uh, their relevance. And have you seen that in the in the world of recruitment? Have you seen sort of that from either from an employer perspective, you know, where people are starting to rethink, you know, we're we're looking at this new generation, aren't we? And, you know, um, and how and where they want to work things, you know, it's evolving, I suppose, isn't it? Definitely is. And I think if I reflect on my career in recruitment, I think there's been a lot of positive change, you know, from organizations who were only having graduate schemes now to school leaver programs at more apprenticeships um you know thinking about the big professional services firms i think there has been a lot of evolution in that already um and, and that can only be positive i think yeah as as that can continue that that will only be a good thing for um for business and, and the economy and um- what advice would you give to young people that are looking for that pathway into work or or maybe not really sure which direction they want to go? Because I, I don't know um, what, what 
you were like, I wanted to be a vet. That's what I wanted to be. And then I realised actually I had, I was no good with any of the ologies. So there was no, nowhere I was going to go down that line. But you suddenly become, I remember feeling a bit lost and, and uncertain as to which direction I wanted to go in. And I ended up going off and joining the military and the Royal Navy and at, at the time of my life. But those people out there who are maybe a little bit uncertain or worry that they haven't got the right experience or uh, credentials, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think um, people, uh, you know, young people, I'd encourage them to think broader than um, uh, exam results and actually, you know, what are they using school for? And think about how they're building life skills, things like influencing communication, but most importantly, those behaviours, you know, work ethic. And I think one that is really unspoken about really is, is positivity and, you know, bringing that, that attitude. In terms of getting, getting into the world of work, my, my advice would be get in as soon as you can. You know, start work from a young age because I think demonstrating the behavior of work ethic, of positivity and starting to learn those skills, being part of a team, you look, the earlier you can start to learn them, the better. I mean, my first job was a pot washer. I got paid £4 an hour. I was working in a room that was two meters by two meters underground. But I learned being part of a, a team serving the needs of our hotel's customers. And it taught me the value of money and engendered a work ethic that I've carried with me ever since. You know, undoubtedly, career services and career advice in schools, you know, that is is woefully under-resourced so I think there needs to be a lot of initiative from individuals but you know all the all the parents of of your classmates will do jobs I think be inquisitive find out about you know what the different options are what kind of jobs are you know are, are people doing and also align that with you know what are you really passionate about what 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 matters to you what what are you going to get out of bed each day for and try and find something that aligns that with something that you're good at with something that is, you know, is, is good for the world as well. Do you know what? I think that's, I feel like you're just saying exactly what I would say in that, in that respect. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, it is really important. Find what you love. And, and I know it's a, it's a very, very well used quotation, isn't it? If you love what you do, then you'll never work a day in your life. But I think sometimes you can think that that is reserved for people of a more experienced age or, or etc and it's not at all and what you were saying then about you know your classmates or you know they've all got people who do jobs I think that's why we, we do these power-ups every month which I know that the page massive have been really supportive of and, and it is that one hour session be to your words be curious ask ask me a question ask me anything because you know every pathway is different and everyone's sort of career journey navigating that is different for everyone so I I'm totally with you on you know be curious ask ask your pals mates if you're going around to your pals house or if you are doing the pot wash there'll be someone that you you work with down the line ask isn't it ask ask because fundamentally I think people people want to help there's very few people that will say no if you're going I just don't know what to do next uh, absolutely and I think again if you're starting work earlier and starting to think about you know what what job would I love doing go and try some stuff out you know I know work experience I, I believe is still a you know still a part of the curriculum now but there's nothing stopping you you know when you're in your summer holidays just go and go and do a day's work shadowing someone doing a job and think, you know, is this going to be something that, that I might enjoy doing? Um, you know, don't either get to the end of school or get to the end of university having never really tried anything out because I think then you, 
you might go into the wrong thing and, uh, and and encounter difficulties. I think the more you can sample, the better. Absolutely, and and again, it all just comes past to the, you know part of that asking. Or actually, if you know someone, and that that be my call out there. You know, if you know someone out there of of that age who is looking either to you know what they do next, or they may want to change in what they're doing. You know, then it's that. I feel like it's that sponsorship approach, isn't it? It's, you know, go to them and go, what can I help you with? Because sometimes people don't want to ask. And, you know, you went to university, Oxford, in fact. Um, but would you go in? I didn't go to university. You know, it's not always the, the one route uh, for everyone. Would you have done that? You did uh, geography, didn't you, at university? It, you know, it's not the path for everyone, is it? Absolutely not. Um, and you're going to have to ask me to step down from my soapbox if I go on about this too too long or too passionately. But look, let me start off by saying I had an amazing time at university. I met some friends for life. It really helped my confidence. So I, my experience was brilliant. And I know plenty of other people whose experiences were also brilliant. And I think if you've got the opportunity to go to university, you should absolutely take it. I think therein lies the challenge, the opportunity. You know, there's no getting away from the fact that for many young adults in the North now, £9,000 a year tuition fees plus all your living expenses, you're looking at 40, 50 grand, you know, to, to go through university. And that is prohibitively expensive for many people. You know, I think there's there's an affordability piece. I think for those who can afford it, I think there then becomes a genuine question around value for money because the other path would be, well, what, what do you do with that 40, 50 grand? You know, it's, that's, a, that's a deposit for a house. Um, could you spend those three years earning more money, working, learning some life skills? I think, you know, how people think about opportunities to broaden their experiences Universities will always be a really valuable career, particularly for vocational subjects. But I've reflected over time and, you know, in thinking about my daughter and when she would go to university, I think if, if tuition fees were that high when she looks to go, I think my advice would probably be, you know, make sure that you, what you're doing is going to be something that is going to be of benefit after you graduate and that you take every opportunity that university offers rather than going and doing a subject which doesn't have a huge amount of application post-graduation, much as mine didn't, ironically. Because I, th- I think you could feel like you, you are behind, particularly as the working world and big employers are onto the fact that there is another path which doesn't involve university. And it's just rethinking, isn't it? I think sometimes disrupting, isn't it? Disrupting your own journey. And I think something else that, I mean you talk about is that the cv isn't always the best application route and and i think because not everyone is is good at that written piece you know we did it's totally different but this year when we did our northern power women awards nominations we opened it for audio nominations and we did that on purpose because you know i'm not the best at sort of sitting down and writing or putting fingers to keyboard and writing lots and lots of things but i love to have a good conversation or to articulate in a different way and but what's you know what what other options would would you um advocate for if not the cv route yeah i think audio is a great one i think video is another one and i think if you are going to use cv because that's the convention i think um you know look at it through the lens as well as of of being a little bit more subjective when you're looking at you know so if it's grades for example i'd look at a cv and look at a candidate who's got BBB at A-level, for example, I wouldn't judge them objectively on that. I'd be thinking, well, actually, let's have a look at the school they went to. Let's have a look at you know the college they went to. What What's the average attainment for that? Because it might be that average attainment is a, a C or a D and relative to their peers. Actually, they've, they've done really well to get BBB. You could, on the other side, look at you know someone who scored ABB having come from one of the 
City's top paid you know, fee paying schools. And I think looking at it with that, with that level of context is important. But I think, sorry, back to your question, the other other routes, um, I think, yeah, video and audio are, are, are really good ones. And I think remove an element of bias in in the process as well absolutely and, and you know one of the things you're a, you're a leader you've got you know teams across different sort of specialisms and specializations and stuff but you know i think we've seen and we've talked a lot about leadership on this podcast and we've seen a change in leadership you know i think post pandemic um i think we or even during the pandemic we saw different styles of leadership as to how different leaders sort of articulated and, and consistently communicated and we did a piece of work with teesside university which was looking at new traits of leadership and it was done very much through a gender neutral length but lens but one of so it was like key things out there it wasn't you know um and power it's not always about big power is about that soft power as well listening I think was really key uh, when we did that research you know um, clarity um, was really and consistency what what defines leadership or good leadership for you I think in in what you just referenced there I heard a really good phrase recently which is leading from the back and actually empowering you know people the people in front of you that you can fade into the background to some extent and you know, that is your job that if behind closed doors you're encouraging the people who work for you to become better leaders themselves um, and giving them the direction and support that they need that you know you don't always need to be taking all the credit for that and I think it probably plays into something that I found out about a couple of years ago which which I think is really important for leadership which is trust and, and the trust equation which defines trust as the sum of your credibility, your reliability, and your intimacy divided by your self, self-orientation. And I think that last bit is really important. And that's where I've seen a lot of potentially exceptional people leaders fall down because as good as they've been, they've been undermined by that perception of they're in it for themselves. It's all about them. And, and that almost ego that I think has probably historically come with that kind of view of leadership and i think to counter that things like authenticity things like vulnerability and and not trying to appear perfect i think the more open you can be about your challenges whether it's you know strategic or just day-to-day I think do that and, and more people who work for you will be more likely to do the same. And I think I love that, the credibility, reliability and intimacy kind of matrix. Um, I can fill a whole whole graphic on that, you know, but it's just and looking at that and that kind of dynamics of that, I think it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, there's again, it's a post pandemic thing or, you know, the world of how we work has changed has reverted has changed has been reassessed and you know that there still has there is belief around there that some leaders that work you know work and home life should remain separate um is that possible i think i think covid was the game changer and i think it accelerated um what some individuals and some organizations were already on with with the evolution of of um of that nine to five I mean, I remember in COVID, people were talking about working from home or uh, more appropriately, living at work. Um, and I think it forced everyone to reevaluate what dynamic working looked like for them and how they could find the best balance between home and work. And was a rigid nine to five the best we could do, whether that was in the office or not? Um, and I think it really challenged everyone to to look at the opportunity to get to the end of a week, having fit in all your work commitments, 
uh, in a diary that also allowed you to exercise, spend quality time with family and uh, friends, and eat and sleep well. And I don't believe it's too much to try and get all those things out as long as you you are working dynamically and flexibly. And I think it's as much on an individual to challenge themselves to do that as it is a, an employer to lay the foundations that that's acceptable. Because, you know, the, the things I talk about there in terms of quality time, friends and family eating and sleeping well, if, if you are happier as an individual, you are going to perform better anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think I just don't believe you can separate out work and and home as much. And is this something you are the, as we said at the, the start, the director sponsor for families uh, at Page Group, and that's covering a whole raft of, you know, sort of areas, isn't it? You know, and I know returning parents are one of the groups of people that you show allyship and support to. Um, do you think there's a, a nervousness about people heading back to work after career gaps? I, I think um, I think on returning parents, you're absolutely right. It's a huge untapped talent pool, and obviously, Prime Minister was only talking recently about how you know we need to provide better childcare and you know better resources to to allow parents to come back to work because it's a hugely untapped resource i mean if you think about parents are typically of an age where you know they've got 10 15 years experience in in a um in a job type and arguably absolutely hitting the peak of their career potential to, to be losing swathes of these people from from the economy is 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 bad for bad for the country um but look, I, I do understand that nervousness so you asked my top tips what would what would they be i think firstly be clear on the terms on which you uh which you want to work um and what will and won't work so i think it's okay to be slightly flexible around that but really define the lines of of what you're unwilling to cross i think the second point would be really relighting your fire and rediscovering your confidence. I've worked with a lot of returning parents, you know, even people coming back to our organization post mat leave who just feel like having had a year out that they've lost relevance, lost connection and and, and do need a bit of help rebuilding their confidence. And I, I just remind people that you were great at what you did. And if you need a former colleague or a friend or someone to just give you a shot in the arm when it comes to confidence, don't be too proud to ask. And I think do that before you go into any sort of application process or interview because you'll do yourself more justice. Yeah. And you're not the first person to have stepped gone, you know, tread these steps, are you? So, you know, it is that whole it's wrapping that community around to go, hey, you're not on your own here. We got you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the other things I would call out would be things like, um, you know, think about your network. So having a friend or a colleague who can vouch for you is is worth its weight in gold. There are also some great other networks out there around returners. So tech returners would, would be a really good example. Find organizations that have got a really strong track record in hiring returners because they're more likely to know what they're doing. And then the fifth point is probably around how you would do it. Um, and I think temping uh, or doing a, a fixed term contract is a great way back in as almost a try before you buy route that might be a, a good route back into permanent employment if, if you are a bit nervous because often you can you can grow in confidence as, as that goes on. And some ways it's about almost kind of assessing it's not always a one-way street is it as in I've got to impress the employer it's the other way there's it's got to work both ways hasn't it if you're at work uh, you know it's actually do I like this do I like the people do I like the environment do I like you know the it's hard to assess a culture in a short period of time but there's elements if you can take away so it's it's having the confidence to know that every employer needs great talent and great people you know so it's value it's value your own self isn't it definitely and you know we talked about your daughter seven years old 
what can individuals and organisations can be doing today to ensure that hair generation face a more equitable future? Well, I think one of the first things I would say is I've been really impressed if I look at the experience she's getting in school. Um, I think everyone is learning about different cultures at a far earlier age. Um, we've had Ramadan recently where you know she's coming home and teaching me things and you know asking me questions about it all um which yeah i was never exposed to at school and i think you know that appreciation of difference and other cultures um is is something that is is already taking place through education which will help i think when it comes to organizations and uh, the employer-employee relationship, I think yeah, there's been huge progress in, in the last 10 years alone. So I would like to think that if she entered the workplace today, she'd have a vastly different experience, a more positive experience than she would have done if she'd have come in at the same sort of time that I did. So I'm hopeful that as long as individuals and organizations continue to challenge themselves to identify and remove any barriers to an individual regardless of their class, gender, race, orientation, family status, ability, whatever it is, um, and just making sure that everyone's got the same chance of success as anybody else, then um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that based on what's happened in the last 10 years, if we can keep that, that change coming, then um, it will get even better in time. Absolutely. It's keep going, isn't it? It's never, there's ne- it's never going to be done, is it? There's always going to be something that we can do and do with intention. Well, we have covered so many different topics. Um, we've talked about university. We've talked about CVs. We've talked about disruption. We've talked about leadership. We've talked about returning to world. We've talked about making change for good. We've been all over the place and we've had some fantastic insight and top tips from Gareth. Gareth, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they? Because I know you're really keen to support and help. Yeah, definitely. I'd just say if anyone's heard anything in this podcast that they'd like to discuss with me further or there's any help that they think I can provide them or, or someone that they know or love, then yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Gareth Davis, Michael Page would be pretty easy to find me. Um, genuinely, I'd, I'd love any opportunities to, to help an individual because it's nice to be able to pay it forward. It absolutely is. And I think that's always the the thing that I think we're really blessed with is individuals like yourself who want to do, who want to give your time out today to pass on your skills and knowledge, but equally want to keep keep going with that conversation we'll also find gareth's information on our power platform where you'll find all our power insights you'll find the power voices of the podcast on there so wherever gareth can't hide we know we've got him tracked down there gareth thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast and thanks uh page group michael page for being such great power partners of the northern power women and the power collective thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed it thanks so much for joining us today if you want to stay connected with everything we do please go to wearepower.net you'll find our insights our voices our events networking connections you name it it will all be on there in this one digital hub please do get in touch Uh, my name is simone i am the founder of northern power women this is the northern power women podcast a what goes on media production (laughs) 